Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and unfortunately, Alex Miller, I didn't think I'd have to be saying this again so soon, but we are back on Zoom because of unfortunate circumstances in Victoria and you have had to go and get a COVID test and isolate because you're at the Collingwood and Port Adelaide game. Yeah, uh, as a neutral, I've gone there to indulge in that and unfortunately paid the price. Had the old test, but nowhere near the uh, scumbag who tested positive. Um, so... <laughs> I'm actually all good at the moment, but yeah, just uh, in isolation. But um, yeah, look, lots to talk about though. Crazy round that that occurred. Alex Doherty, of course, another huge weekend as always. And uh, we've got a few big talking points, but one of the main ones I think we should get out of the way first and foremost, because I know you'll be itching to talk about it through the rest of the show. Four years. <laughs> Marcus Bontempelli. Four, Four years. year deal to stay at the Dogs until at least the end of 2025. You must be on top of the moon. I just quietly celebrated last night with a six-pack. Um, <laughs> just getting wild over the thought of uh, seeing the Bont drilled home just 55-metre chiseling kicks for six-pointers, for six Cat. It's um, oh, it's beautiful. It's a great time to be Always. a Bulldog supporter. Being top yeah. of the ladder, I've got to tell you, being a top of the ladder, it's been a bit of a rarity for um for the dog supporters, but um, it's so good. It's actually really, really good. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about the D's a bit later, but yeah, the D's going down by a point to the crowd. Ah, the D's, the dogs... can, D's can piss off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the dogs have taken the top spot on the ladder. But our first point of discussion for this week, boys, we're going to have a talk about who the dogs' opponents were on the weekend. The Saints getting smashed by 111 points. Miller. Is that all? I know. I, I, are you sure that was the Saints? It just looked like it was uh, Witches Hats out there on Saturday night. <laughs> I know you've got a lot to say on the Miller. Um, what did you see out of their performance this week? What do you think needs to change? What's gone wrong for them so far in season 2021? Great question, Ken. I think um, the biggest thing from Saturday is they came up against quality opposition. The Bulldogs travelling very nicely. and um, But the effort was just so poor. The, the first quarter in particular, I thought, was just so not up to par. And you could just see that the tone was set by one team. And um, the Saints couldn't run with them. I, I thought that the, the midfield was very poor. I think um, that they had not much to offer offensively as well. Obviously, only the the five goals, three cap, but also last week, four goals, 14, I think it was against Geelong. Mm. I mean, what's going on down in that forward line? <laughs> not a whole lot at the moment, it really does seem like. Yeah, last week, like you said, it was the story of not converting those opportunities. This week, they didn't even really get the opportunities at all. no. Uh, for, they had 42 inside 50s to so the Dogs, 69 inside 50s. And to only end up with eight scoring shots out of that uh, those inside 50s, Doc, uh, it just does not paint a very strong picture of what's going on at St Kilda at the moment. <laughs> bit, bit of a far cry from where the Saints were at uh, last year, you know, when they made the semifinals. It was only about 12, 12 games ago that these two yep. teams actually played off in, in the elimination final. So it's a, it's a real... It's a real stark uh, difference um, mm. in, for both where the dogs are at and where the Saints are at. Um, the where the uh, I don't understand where the Saints are at because like the, the, they've they've seen themselves right. We made the semi final. Here's here's what we're going to do. We've added they added Brad Crouch. They've added Jack Higgins, and those are two guys that should be enhancing yeah. th- this team. And to be honest, they, they they've gone about three or four steps backwards. Mm. I, I um, think. That's a great point, though, the inside 50 count there, Cat. Giving up 69 entries to any team is bad enough, but a team 
as polished and as in form as the dogs is always going to spell trouble for mine. But the big thing here, Doc, is the, the, the margins. I just want to read out some of them. So round three against Essendon was 75 points. And then in round five against Richmond was 86. Round uh, six against Port was 54. And obviously 111 points on the weekend. So these are whoopings. These are big, like, these are damaging for percentage. I think this team's got a, a really weak mentality at the moment. When mm. they're be, when they're being challenged, and it's been said a bit in the media circles, and, I, and I've been and watching this replay back a couple of times, I, I tend to agree. When, when like the dogs absolutely smashed them in center clearances, and once yeah. the dogs started getting up a hand in the contested work, the clearance work, the Saints just didn't really look like they wanted to be there. They just sort yeah. of just sort of trailed through the motions. How's this for percentage, boys? So the Saints are 14th on the ladder, obviously four and six, but they sit on 72%. Mm. So Gold Coast are going back there on 87, even Collingwood on 86%. And they actually have a worse percentage than Hawthorne, 75%. So they're only better than North percentage-wise, Cap. Yeah, it's just being on the end of those smashings, obviously two huge losses now for them um, is never going to do one to your percentage. I think we've talked about a specific player we've talked about quite a few times though, Doc, and I know you've got a lot to say on him. Brad Hill, uh, I think this week sort of showed that Brett Ratton still doesn't really know both where to play him and Hill is still an extremely inconsistent player. Had his lowest disposal count for over a month. Um, I don't know if that halfback position was the right way to go about sort of trying to make his influence stronger. It didn't seem to work. And now it just looks even stranger on both him and Ratton as to where he's at this year it just genuinely looks like now his confidence is, his confidence is shot Bradley yeah. Hill it's sort of he, he can't he either doesn't really want to get involved in the play or he can't seem to get involved in the play or maybe it's a combination of both it's 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 bad it, it's a bad look on them because the Saints have really invested a lot of money into him and they and we've said it for years Miller it's sort of the one thing they needed is outside run and Bradley yeah. Hill carries that now it's now it's the point where they can't get it to him or he can't, or he can't get his hands on it. Yeah. So. Uh, that's a great call. And I think something else as well to consider with the Saints team is I think consistency is, is a really good point. You brought it up before doc, this team just seems shot of all confidence, but when the ball is first bounced, there's two teams that can win the game. But if you're watching the Saints at the moment, I don't, they, they're not going into games thinking or, or looking like they're going to beat anyone. I just, I, I think it's a very poor mindset. And I think um, it's interesting as well, looking at some of the time on ground percentages here, boys. Hunter Clark, 77. Josh Battle, 74. Um, Jaron Geary, also 77. Obviously coming back from a serious injury. And Paddy Ryder, only 73% on the ground. Bartell, only 58. So, yeah, the guys who've been in and out with injury, I can understand. Um, But, like... Battle and Ryder, surprising. Yeah, it almost seems to me like maybe a few of these guys have come back before they were supposed to, you know. Get cooked, you reckon? Yeah, like how often get, do we see key position mm. players normally the ones spending the most time <clears throat> on the ground? Um, and looking through this list, like, yeah, yeah. McKernan and uh, Frawley, <laughs> both guys, Max King as well, both guys. Why, are, why are both those guys time. getting a game? Why is Sean McKernan? I'm not sure why he, he's consistently getting a game in this team. Well, yeah, I, don't, I mean, look, I don't know why been, either. He's been in and out for a few weeks, but uh, I don't know. One of the things, one of the things good. Brett Ratton said post game was that 
heads will roll and there will be players going in and out. But then he basically said Brad Hill is one of the sort of untouchables. The leadership group, Brad Hill and the young guys in Burns. And well, Bartell. who's getting dropped then, do you reckon, Cat, for yours? If you're looking off this week in particular. Well, Butler's definitely one that stands out to me that could do yep. the spell. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, wanted to touch on, I, I wanted to touch on Dan Butler because uh, the, the term barometer has been thrown around a lot in football the past week. And I think... Oh, it has it. And I think... Uh, but, and and I'm not one. And I'm not one to throw words around a lot, but I genuinely think when Dan Butler's up and about, St Kilda looked like a, a much better team. I'm talking about a tenfold better team. Yeah, agreed. Um, so to have he only had the five touches, and every, everyone's going to talk about him being chased down by Jason J, Jason Anderson, who was about forty meters behind play. Uh, that that screams to me of a bloke who's just there just to just to get a paycheck he needs to kick it he needs to kick up the ass nowhere near where he was quality wise last year which is a real shame i think as well i would give um i would give possibly uh jack jack a spell jack looney um yeah he needs he needs to go um i'd also i'd probably look at somebody as well i'd possibly drop billings i I feel like his his form hasn't really hasn't hit the heights of where he was last year Mm. See, the, the, issue, the issue I think we're noting here with all these drops is that it's mostly smalls and forward line uh, players, which yeah. uh, looking through the sort of performers uh, for the Zebras in the VFL this week in the past That's few weeks. Even, well. Yeah, but there's no real forward types that are no. sort of banging down the door to come in. The only one really that is is Mason Wood, and I don't know how much of a short-term solution Mason Wood is. He, 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 much he, he, he will not be any solution to any forward problems St Kilda has. Well, one thing uh, in general, boys, this is a discussion we've had, Cat, is that the mm. stocks of small forwards in particular at St Kilda have been limited. I mean, Higgins it's has come in this season. No, exactly. So you think about it as well. If Higgins or Butler and or, or God forbid, both go down, they don't have anyone to really come in and, and play that role. Maybe Brad Hill should be deployed as a small forward. Or a high half forward. It's a it's another chance to sort of shut, shoot his confidence down again, switching him around the ground even more. <laughs> I don't know, but I look right. at the the you so, know we looked at the midfield numbers and stuff before as well. Absolutely smashed in the clearances. Yeah, that's that's um, a huge one for mine, especially with Tomal going down. Yeah, absolutely dominating the hitouts and still losing the clearance count by thirteen, losing center clearances by ten. Obviously, when you're up against the likes of Liber and McRae and Bailey Smith in there, and the Bont, of course, you're always going to struggle. But, I lost um, Law at halftime as well. So yeah. how, how can you how can you possibly defend the sort of midfield performance that these guys have? I mean, yeah. yeah. So I think there's well, definitely though, a case. There's definitely a case to make to say the midfield needs a bit of a restructure. Oh, over for the sure. Weeks. That's a great call. I think something as well. Let's get back to the effort, boys. The dogs had 50 more touches, and they also had uh, 20 plus more tackles, 74 to mm-hmm. uh, 48. So almost 28 tackles there. And yeah. I just that's the effort for mine. And we saw against Geelong, they laid 86 tackles, St Kilda, and they've laid half of that this week. And it's not good enough for mine. So I think there's some serious restructure to be doing, uh, magnet-wise and personnel-wise. Um, but he's okay. got a tough job ahead of him. Just quickly, boys, I, I, I want to ask you about Seb Ross. Where's he at with his footy? Because I, I reckon, uh, I reckon the time's ticking on him. I think I mean, he had his hmm. moments on Saturday. Uh, he definitely wasn't if... their wor- he definitely wasn't their worst player, but he no, was, no. I, I, w- I wouldn't exactly say he was their best player either. No, I thought he had a crack though. Yeah, I reckon he had it. Probably about 
three or four, five players maybe I, I'd say have a crack. Steel, we know he gives his heart out every week. Probably not his best game, but he still give it, gave it a crack. Cal uh, Wilkie, actually, Doc, is a guy who I would consider dropping as well. No, oh, you reckon? I feel like his form as well in particular just hasn't hit anywhere near, you know, one of the best intercept third tolls last year um, with Coffield. Coffield coming and getting to the side was dropped this week. So, look, they've got some work to do, the Saints, some serious yeah. work to do. I think on do you, Ross, drop, just... do you drop Max King? No. Oh, no, you don't drop Max. Um, no? I think just looking through Ross's sort of stat line, it's very similar to his sort of past couple of years. But what stands out is that he's been playing more outside time, he which has, I think yes. doesn't quite suit uh, what his role has been throughout his the primary part of his career at St Kilda. Um, and I think maybe a bit more inside time would suit him better to sort of revitalise what he's tracking on as a fairly average year. I think um, with Brad Crouch as well, I'm not sure the extent of his injury, but with him possibly missing some time, um, there's definitely an opportunity in there. But they've got some serious work to do, boys. So mm. well, Let's talk about the tribunal, gentlemen. gentlemen. Uh, yes. Some big decisions handed out, obviously. Uh, the Blues, not happy with Lockie Plowman's two weeks being upheld, and they will be appealing that uh, before the round goes ahead. Should get a week uh, longer for being a dud. <laughs> I think the initial two weeks was probably a bit long. A week maybe would have done it. Yeah, I think a week. For me, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. Um, um, you know, I'm, I'm not too fussed if it's two weeks. I mean, sort of, he had, the, he had every opportunity to try and get the fist out, try to spoil it, try to make, mm-hmm. it, try to make it a genuine contest, but he elected to bump. It's, it's, it's similar to... Similar to how Dangerfield got rubbed out for three weeks for um, concussing uh, Jake Kelly, mm-hmm. start start of the year. So it's sort of, if we're sort of giving, it, if we're sort of basing it on that precedent on that precedence, then yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not too fussed about Plowman getting two weeks. Yeah, I'm struggling to see how the Blues can get past it, giving giving that they did argue at the tribunal that Plowman's sole intent was to contest the ball, <laughs> which. Watching the footage back again just then, obviously it's clear that he was going for Jaeger. I think it's part in part if a miller of it is the execution of it as well. If he gets oh, yeah. his shoulder goes a little bit lower, it's a pretty fair bump. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't want to see players doing that at every contest, but yeah, it's uh, the execution in it for me that's gotten him in trouble. Yeah, I'm with you there, Cap. I think perfectly summed up. But um, Nick Holman's an interesting one, boys. Um, obviously, big chase down tackle on Mitch Duncan. Unfortunately, Duncan got concussed in the action. Bit innocuous, but the umpire cited and reported him, and he, he was offered two weeks, and the Suns successfully overturned it. Thank um, God for that. I, thank God. Did Did you read what the um, the AFL counsel Jeff Gleason said last no. night during the tribunal? I'll try and get it up. But what he said was one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard from it. <laughs> from any one individual in terms of football. <laughs> I suppose just looking at the, the footage, Cat, obviously Holman's chasing Duncan, gets one of the arms pinned. He's still got the ball on the other hand and hand, and at the momentum and speed that both players were running at, unfortunately, Duncan got concussed. But even Holman did not think that he'd even done any danger to him. He didn't even check. He, mm. he thought just a pretty good tackle. And Yeah, that was um, one, one of those ones that truly was a freak accident. Um, right, obviously, yeah. no, he wasn't intending to cause him any harm. The tackle was pretty standard. And that uh, happens in football, though, boys. Fo- football accidents happen like that, unfortunately. And Doc's got the quote here, has he? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read what was posted <laughs> by uh, Nathan Schmook from the AFL media uh, verbatim. 
Um, so it says here, AFL counsel Jeff Gleason is arguing that there is a second movement in Holman's tackle that makes it dangerous. After pinning the midfielder and preventing an effective kick, Gleason then suggests it is open to you to conclude that that is the rest of the tackle, that that is the problem. He argues is an element... Uh, sorry, there is an element of him being driven into the ground and it, was, <laughs> and it was possible not to exacerbate the impact and release Duncan's arm. Firstly, I don't even know what he's talking about in the first bit there. It just sounds it, like he's going a little rant. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a tackle of inherently dangerous kind and it was the landing that is important, not the initial tackling action. He says mm. more could have been done to prevent an injury to Duncan. So if, if that's the sort of gear he's running with... It, <laughs> this, this is what's breaking the AFL right now. It's so, they're not they're not they're not banning players because of the action. They're banning them because of the impact. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. So. It, it's really stupid. Um, Jeff Gleason, get out of here. Uh, the but, other one, it's part, other of the, one. Pro, it's part of the problem, cat. Yeah. <laughs> the other one that went to the tribunal as well, Marlon Pickett uh, Miller got done for uh, uh, striking. I'm sure Alex Miller would have had his bags packed up. <laughs> yeah, look, um, got the week for that. Yeah, look, probably fair, warranted. I thought very unnecessary and very idiotic, but not shocking considering who did it. I think, um, <laughs> look, one guy who probably was going to get a spell anyway, to be honest. Um, I've been saying that for the past uh, 12 to 14 months. He's had, a poor, he's had a poor fortnight, Doc, and he had some mates on the weekend. But, um, yeah, look, Marlon got a week and unfortunately deserved, but won't be missed as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> spe- spe- speaking of blokes that won't be missed, uh, Carl Hardigan gets uh, three weeks for a very... Uh, three dog, weeks, there a, it is. A, a, very, a, a dog hit off the ball on Sam Walsh. And uh, honestly, if that was me, I, should, I would have given him an extra week for being an average football player, but that's just me. <laughs> I did see I did see some pretty uh, some pretty funny tweets uh, saying that he'll be enjoying the three weeks and be treating it as a holiday because he doesn't have to play for Hawthorne <laughs> for three weeks, <laughs> which uh, I can't blame him. <laughs> well, right. In terms of other news, though, boys, as well, today, uh, Essendon and Carlton obviously playing interstate this week flew out this morning, Wednesday morning, uh, to get around just in case any border closures or anything happens in the coming days. We obviously still don't know exactly how the COVID situation is going to be panning out in Victoria, mm-hmm. whether cases are going to be found in South Australia. Um, so obviously it's all being kept. But the thing that's interesting to me is that crowds are still being allowed to attend games in Victoria this week. I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of this at all. I think... Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of it either. It doesn't make sense. You can have five people at your home, but you can have 25 packed into a game. I just don't really get um, the structure of what's going on there. Um, and I think, I think Kat will hear a big roar tomorrow in particular, if not already now, from the general public saying particularly Victorians, we've been through all this shit before. We know that it's not great. We don't want another lockdown. We'd rather sacrifice. Yes, the Bulldogs moment game is massive, but I'd rather sit at home and watch it with a beer and be able to go maybe next week or the week after than sit here for another three months. God knows what's going to happen. So they feel need to pull their finger out of their ass. They're saying all this shit that oh, it's okay, government regulations. They've got to step up and go, let's sacrifice the fucking ticket sales for one week, right? And just get on with it. He's really fired up about it. I'm isn't he? fired up. I'm passionate. I'm fired up. <laughs> oh, no. Look, I agree. I'm concerned that it's going to go uh, the wrong end. It's yeah. going to make it all worse. There's Nobody wants someone that. that slips through that hasn't gotten tested or whatever. And correct, especially at the moment. You know, with what just happened on Sunday, like being a bloke there or a woman, whatever, or both. Um, 
it was uh, M- not both. Bean. I mean, I mean, I mean, mythical a man bean. and a woman, or whatever, or like. I think, um, yeah, it just shows that they can get into the G. You can get into any sport. You can get in anywhere. So, like, they've got to wake up and, you know, prioritise shit. Well, I think the acting premier said it best. The next 24 hours are going to be critical in terms of the not, not, not even just life in Victoria, but for the footy. It's, yeah. it, you know, if, if, we, if, if we get results to come back in the hundreds, then I can see us getting, going to snap lockdown by the weekend. 100%. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a very telling few days, gentlemen. On to the round that was, gentlemen, and we will start with a thriller on the Saturday Twilight game. Adelaide and Melbourne. The Chrome Industries getting it done. Oh, Chrome. One point. Come on. <laughs> I don't think, I think I said it on Twitter, Miller, but I don't think I've ever heard a crowd louder, even coming through the TV, than what I did at Adelaide Oval in this game. How good is it? I mean, the the, the supporters over there for the Crows are a rough couple of years ever since 2017. They haven't really recovered, but last year was rough. They've been very good this year. The Crows very competitive uh, in most games. Even last week we spoke about Doc against the Wet Toast. They only lost by 30 and uh, were well and truly in the game over there. But yeah, it's great for the fans, great for the crowd, massive atmosphere and decent turnout. And what a great return for some of these players. Paul Seisman, boys, 35 touches and a goal. Um, seven marks, four tackles, four clearances, 657 metres game. What about um, our man, Keezy? Oh, he's, a, he's a genuine star of the competition, or at least he's, he's becoming he's, one. He is a star. He is a bloody star. 34 touches, two goals, cat, seven tackles. I mean, <laughs> what more do you want? What more do you want from the man? Rory Laird. Got to do? A lazy stumpy, 35 stumpy, as well. Stumpy Laird. From 74% game time, so... I mean, Seven, the crows 17 contested possessions as well, boys. Oh, how's that? From, mean, from, from a wee man like Rory Laird. <laughs> you, you, love, you love to see it. It's safe oh. to say the Crows' uh, midfield really made a difference throughout this game. Uh, even though they were getting absolutely butchered in the middle, the clearances are well in the favour of the Ds. Uh, and it's easy to see why when someone like Clayton Oliver had probably the best game of his whole career. Yeah. Uh, 38 touches. Three goals, one, nine tackles, 14 clearances, eight inside 50s, 626 metres gained, 11 score involvements. I could keep going, Doc, um, but I <laughs> think he had about 204 super coach points as well. So anyone who captained Clayton Oliver this week, I'm extremely jealous. Um, what a, I say it was his best game. It probably was his best it's game. It's got to be three goals. If he doesn't get three Brownlee votes for this, I'm <laughs> incredibly <laughs> shocked. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I can't recall a game that's. It's probably the perfect game. You, you hear that phrase being floated around a little bit, but th- this to me is the perfect game. Yep. Yeah, you have yourself a big 30, 38 to forty possession game. You kick three or four goals. You've taken nine tackles. You've had over a dozen clearances. That that. How much more do you need to do to to be and even and even defensively eight eight intercepts. Mm. Yeah. Yep. It was incredible. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. And 27 contested possessions. 27. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a typo here. It's, it's 27. I think, I think it was his personal record as well for contested possessions. So it, it, if that's not, if that's not, a, if that's not, what is the AFL record for contested possessions a game? That's or uh, Cunnington, Cunnington said it a couple of years ago, I think. Um, but With 400. 
even just as a spectacle, just watching this game. And, six, and 65 snipes off the ball from B- Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> the margin at every break was no larger than five points. It was five points at quarter time, even at half time, three points at three quarter time. And then, of course, the one point. These are just the kinds of games that it, it really was a fantastic round of footy. And this game really yeah. started it off uh, right, Miller. Just fantastic spectacle. And I really wish I was there at the Adelaide Oval to experience it. Yeah, it would have been someone special to be there live. And just great players across the board for both teams. Ed Langdon, who we've talked about extensively this year, just an underrated season, 27 touches, two goals. Gorn was really good with 20 touches a goal, 32 hit-outs. And I thought, um, you know, Harms, again, was good in the middle, really good with eight tackles and 18 touches. And both teams are really good. I think as well, Brody Smith's been really good this year. 570 metres gained from him uh, off 22 touches. Jimmy Rowe. Boys, oh, your uh, man. Oh, yes. Oh, I mean, two goals and 18 touches. I was, uh, fair to say, excited is an understatement. I was a bit up and about, uh, to be you sure. See that quote from Brody Smith on, uh, yes. Monday Miller, where he's going, you know, we were so excited at the end. Rowie would have jumped into the crowd if we were allowed to. <laughs> but he I think, didn't. Uh, he's definitely that type of character. Rodney Philthorpe, <laughs> boys, I want to talk about now. Filthy Philthorpe. I think he's had an underrated start to his career. I think he's been absolutely outstanding. Two goals again this week, but presented very well. Mm. Um, yeah, three hit outs, a mark, and a tackle. Bit of everything from the big uh, flip flop, uh, the Phil Thorpe. Uh, but I like the. Like... He's, he's kicked 11 goals in five games, including yeah, that, I including mean, that bag of five on his debut. Like that's what I mean. Very, very good. I think Kat, so far. He, 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 re- young kid. he raised the ball in flight really well, uh, filthy, and that's. I think that's going to be. Uh, the, the, the one thing that's going to set him apart from the rest of the um the rest of these big forwards this year, I think you look at Logan McDonald. Logan McDonald's more of a uh, sort of lead up sort of kind of mm. player. Uh, what Jamara is going to be, nobody knows yet. Um, <laughs> we're not allowed to see him. Uh, no, we're not, no uh, Be- Bevo's locked him away, and uh, he's quietly building on him. But right now, I think what what's going to separate Thilthorpe from the rest of the pack here is his ability to work in the air. He's he, he raised the ball probably quicker than most. His speed and, as well, Doc, over a 10-metre period with his long legs is very impressive as well for mine. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, and I think and I think he's even shown that he's got the tank to really run out these sort of games. Mm. Um, I, th- I, th- I think it's sort of, oh, Jesus, he's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I, I love him. I really like what the Crows are building, though, Cat. Something really nice over there. Yeah. What, about, what, about, what about your boy, Sam Barry Miller? Oh, sorry, sorry, our boy. How clutch! <laughs> How cl- him and uh, him and Murray as well. Absolutely clutch players. I, I thought Murray was very good um, towards the end, in particular. Um, and yeah, Barry. Well, I mean, talk about a guy who's just worked his tail off to get to where he is, and he's just doing the same thing in the AFL. He's just an absolute workhorse. I mean, just carries so much, you know, energy in, in his shoulders, and him. he's a scary little bastard. I love him. I love the way he goes about it. I, I love, love I love how he's uh, yeah, you talk about his build as well, Miller. He's you know, he's already a really solidly built kid for only nineteen, already eighty three yeah. kegs at the hundred and eighty two centimeter frame. So he's got his, some strength. His tenacity, Cat, is what impressed me. He's got a good demeanor and a really good energy in terms of you'd love to have, you know, every team loves it. It'd be great to have eighteen Sam Berries running around in each team, one in each team. But like you just love to have a team Sam like Berry that. in the rock, hey. <laughs> Sam Berry picking the berries, eh? No, I think um He's just an ultimate competitor, and I love the way he goes about his uh, You know, we talked about all these kids as well, but the one guy that I can't ignore from this game is Tex Walker. 
if there's a man that you could have kicking for your life, kicking for the game, I don't think you'd want anyone more than you would want the big Texan. After you know, Tory his... Dixon is dead in the chat. Oh well, yeah, Tory Dixon as well. Um, but after his injuries and a couple of quiet weeks before that, he I came back Tom with Lynch a bang. kicking for my life. He fucking kill me <laughs> if he can actually mark the footy. But he was unreal Texan. He stood up he when was. he needed to. Um, at Tom the, at the Tom Lynch would be uh, booked for mass genocide. <laughs> the right call to rest him then, Cat. You'd say. Um. Yes. If he needed to, if he wasn't one hundred percent, I think I agree. Really it's it's shown that it paid off with this yeah. game. You'd take you'd take this game every three weeks as opposed to Correct. him being half of this or even a quarter of this. Uh, for a yeah, that. Uh, you know, I, I, I've I've thought about Tex Walker a lot over the last couple of weeks, in particular, and just thought of his his career at at Adelaide and just sort of. Yeah, he, he's actually the sort of bloke that you really want to that you really want on your on your team, or you'd really want to follow because he's just sort he just sort of bleeds. He, he, even even when you know the last couple of seasons, in particular, where he sort of really regressed in his form and sort of lost his way, he's just sort of. I I I just think back to everything else before that, you know, mm. when when they had the tragedy with Phil Walsh and he was the man sort of in you know leading the club from the front. He he's the sort of he's the sort of player that you'd want. To be, you know, you'd, you'd want leading. Yeah, you'd want someone to captain you. Like he's had a lot of, a lot of stuff go on, hasn't he, Doc? I mean, he's just a great, great leader. Yeah, he, he turns up, and he and it doesn't matter what sort of output he gives you. He at least gives you a bit of heart and a bit of bit of effort sometimes. He, yeah, he gives most, all he can. Most of the time, he does. Sometimes yeah. he's sort of, you know, he, he particularly the last couple of years, he's sort of been susceptible to be, being defeated, but. Largely, I thought the games he plays, he gives effort. He gives heart 110% most yeah. weeks. Yeah, absolutely. We just keep rocking through the round that was, boys, because we are on a time limit <laughs> with the Zoom call. Uh, Freo and Sydney on Saturday night. This is a game where the stars really shone, Doc, and it was good to see Buddy Franklin up and about at his best again. Six Buddy! gold bag for him. He's getting, he's just inching closer and closer to that 1,000, and this game certainly didn't do him any harm. Geez, I tell you what, if, if, if this is what he's going to pop up uh, week in, week out, uh, that 1,000-goal that milestone won't be uh, won't be so hard. He's, he's chasing it down very quickly. Bloody, virtu- bloody virtuoso performance from Buddy. Ten marks, three tackles. Uh, mm. it, it, just, it, it almost looked like watching Buddy from about uh, five, six years ago when he came into Sydney. It, it's yes, so- that's great call. Cool. And, and ten score the- involvement as ten well. Ten score though. involvement. Ten score involvement. So. Oh, right. He's get, he was getting his hands on the footy a lot, and that's and that's what she sort of wanted because there wasn't probably wasn't many other genuine avenues to go. Like, I uh, don't know what's happened with Nick Blakey, but he's gone off the face of the earth. Uh, Tom Tom Papley, I think, I think he'll be he'll be getting a drop this week, Blakey. Tom Papley, only the two goals. Sort of, I think both of them came in the first half, and then sort of, oh, I, I don't want to say disappeared, but Florent think... Flor- was good, I thought as well. Again, yeah. Doc. Mills, yeah. Mills, I'd throw in that category too. He was very solid. Dawson. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sp- sp- whilst we were on Your Adelaide, son. whilst we were on Adelaide, I think the Crows are really chasing uh, Jordan Dawson Miller. Well, I can see why. I can piss off. He's staying with Johnny. He's staying with Johnny. <laughs> He's staying with Big Johnny. I mean, Jordan Dawson, thirty-one touches, six marks, five tackles, seven hundred and eleven meters gained, ten intercepts. I mean, at eighty-three percent, just quietly. So. A late game from him. Parker was great with 29. Kenny good with 28. Um, we've, we've talked about Dawson's versatility before, Miller, mm-hmm. but he genuinely plays like you could 
pop him anywhere on the ground. You know, he looks he looks really comfortable in that sort of halfback uh, role. But he I does, doesn't he? He's yeah. got plenty of capability to play even further up the ground. Well, I think possibly a wing cat within the next one mm. to two years, depending on the draft situation in terms of what cattle comes through for the Swans. You think how tall he is? One ninety one could be a really solid <clears throat> winger. And we've actually spoken about as well, boys, the, the changing of the wingers in terms of these lengthy units. Um, <laughs> that have got a bit of height and a bit of, a bit of length and that can cover a bit of territory. So I think Dawson would be a perfect candidate for that. But what about Frio? I mean, a great two-point win for them. And the Rory Lobster had been sick of being boiled in the kettle and he had a huge <laughs> game this week. Four goals, 18 touches, nine marks, seven hit-outs and four clearances. Yeah, he was, he was really strong last week against us too, but... I think this week he really showed what he can do at his best. Uh, you know, obviously he only kicked uh, only kicked the one goal last week, but he looked like he could have done a whole lot more. He was getting those marks too. But it's it, great to see what he can do when he puts it all together. Was this, the, was this the best Rory Lobb performance we've seen at Fremantle? Yes. That has to be close to it. No, no, no question. No question. Monday <laughs> yeah, as well. Oh, my I was, God. I was just going to say, the contested marking from Lob was just brilliant. It was almost back to his best when he was at yes. GWS. Mm. Um, how's, um, how's the big fridge, boys? 51 oh. <laughs> hit-outs for Sean Darcy. Tom Hickey's been a bit of a revelation for the Swans this year, but I think as soon as he sort of had that... He looked didn't look too hampered for the rest of the game after he went down early, uh, but he came back on just fine with whatever that injury issue was. Well, we've, we've Darcy seems to take great advantage of said it. He's said he's had an underrated year, Sean Darcy, and this is, a, this is a great prover of that because we've said, never thought the sentence would come out of our mouths, that Tom Hickey's probably been in all Australian form this year. And <laughs> I, I, I think for Darcy, a great confidence boost it's got to be, Cat, hasn't it? The 12 touches as well, three marks, three tackles. Yeah. Uh, it was very good, I thought. Uh, what do you, what do we reckon of Nat Fife's game? He had the, he had the thirteen clearances from twenty seven disposal. I thought he finally he, found the goals again. Yeah, three <laughs> sixteen now. All right, when it counted. All, all all that goal kicking practice has definitely uh, paid off for uh, old Natalie, and uh, <laughs> it, it, it's great. It's great to see. Oh, look, uh, I don't think goal kicking practice can really change what he did in that last quarter. That was uh, in terms of game saving goals. I, I have not seen too many better. It sort of reminded me of Nick Nat's one against the Giants uh, in 2017, I think it was, that snap out of the pack. And Fife did a very similar thing at the end of this game. We've talked about, I think, uh, his leadership at times, but that, to me, was standing up like what a captain should be. Yeah, I like like that from you. Great call. And I I think as well, speaking of leaders, I think Luke Ryan's been really important this year, particularly the last fortnight to a month. Uh, very good again on the weekend. 19 touches, nine marks. All Australian last year. Yeah, I was going to say, he's starting to find his form again. He's finding his form again, which is very, very, very good, Doc. And, you know, Darcy Tucker, our, our son, is working his oh, way yes. back into a bit of touch as well. And all their role plays, boys, are coming along very nicely. Blake Aker stringing together a very nice season, just quietly. And- just a couple of quick players. Uh, I thought I thought Mickey Walters played a pretty decent game, playing sort of that mixture between half forward and the midfield. I thought he was getting his hands yeah, on the I footy think a lot. It suits him. He hasn't been quite as dynamic, I think, this year, Walters. But his role that he's playing at the moment is really working. Uh, it's working for the team, I think. Ron yeah. Weasley's been good as well, Dan Beck. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Watson. <laughs> Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley operator. He's been good. I've really liked his footy. So, oh, I love I, that. I reckon Tobe Watson, Tobe Watson reminds me of the, uh, the bloke from Ratatouille. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Linguini. Mr. Linguini. <laughs> can I also just give out a special shout-out to one of our fa- one of our um, 
most improved favourites, Alex Miller. Robbie Fox, only the one oh. super coach point. I mean, <laughs> so, oh. sorry, AFL fantasy point. Sorry, I should say. Oh, jeez. Albeit, it was only from 23% game time. So, he yeah, didn't, didn't get much of a chance. But, well, but we, we love a bit of obscure uh, obscure stats here at A3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one of the other things, boys, that I um, was really, really happy to see was Josh Tracy getting his first goal in the last quarter as well. Absolutely launched it from outside 50. And uh, they, the boys got around him. He put them in front. They call him, crack, they, Tracy, they, I thought. They call him the big kahuna. Josh the big Tracy. kahuna. <laughs> the big kahuna. I love that. It's one of the great nicknames, I think. I, 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 I can definitely get around that. I can seriously... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, well, let's move on to the last game, boys. Collingwood Port. I was at this game, and yes, now, the game, the game, the game that's given us all Corona. But ironically, we actually can't be in the studio because of seeing this game. But uh, it was Collingwood losing by a point, uh, ten, uh, eight, ten. Sorry, fifty-eight to eight, eleven. So, so, sorry, Miller. Just, oh, just sorry, Miller. Just quickly, you know how we often say off air that you know some of these games give us COVID. Yes, this game literally this, gave this, us COVID. This, this this game literally gave us COVID. Look, it might have done. <laughs> Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. But um, look, it was an interesting game. I thought uh, the Pies started very well, boys. I was very impressed with their structure and their effort. The first um, quarter was really, really, really strong. Good. I thought from the Pies. Um, obviously, I saw the most of that before the Essendon game started. But yeah, I, I was surprised they really let themselves down after that. It seemed like Port started quite slowly. Um, but I was happy to see the likes of Darcy Cameron looking really strong in front of goals. I think he's another guy that's put together a very underrated season so far. Boys. I, I, I think with Cameron as well, I feel like he offers more than Coxie. I think that Cameron is slow as old boots as well, but he's got he's good in the ruck, very good tap work in the ruck when he goes in there, Doc. And I think I think four of his two of his four marks were contested, and he's just a great set of hair. I like the way Cameron goes about his footy. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. He's, uh, two of his four marks were contested, uh, so yeah, no, he, he's always he's always had strong hands, Darcy Cameron. I think that's probably going to be what's going to keep uh, Big Meso out of the team in the next few weeks because he can do he can do both both play the ruck and be that sort of present himself as the key forward, you know, pretty decently. Mm, yeah. um, Co- Coxie only does it once every month, so <laughs> it's um. But what about what about what about our friend uh, the cowboy cat? Oh, Cowboy McCreary, three goals, one for him, four marks. It was a very, very nice game. Two, two, uh, tack- two tackles as well. So he's, he, he's still applying the pressure. He's getting himself into those uh, goal-scoring opportunities. He, which it was is- interesting as well, Doc. He was actually – Jonas was on him at times, which I thought was very strange. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he was very good. His pressure was very good. But, obviously, he picked up a calf injury, unfortunately, boys. So he might have oh, a week about or that. two. Yeah. I think I think it's only very minor. So I think he's only supposed to miss this week. But oh well, that's good. Yeah, just... I'm sad about that. He's been a very entertaining part of the Collingwood forward line this year. Speaking of entertaining, I think Grundy played the best game this season by comfortable mile, boys. Two goals, one, twenty-three touches, five tackles, five marks, thirty-three hit outs, nine clearances. Who, who I, I don't want to say. Oh, I don't want to say Laddams. he gave Laddams. He gave Laddams a lesson in terms of tap work. I think. But oh, Lattice is also moving around the ground quite well. He also had 21 touches and nine marks of his own uh, throughout the game. Yuck. So they were sort of they were pretty much playing their own sort of games after the um after the <laughs> stoppage. And I think it's, it's sort of when it sort of comes to that, you look at the look at the clearance numbers, and Grundy's just absolutely smashed him. Yeah, um, he has. N- not nine clearances, and I'm 
I'll just quickly whip up his uh, centered clearance numbers here. I don't actually have them here at the moment. Hang on. But no, I reckon I reckon he probably had about three or four centered centered yeah, clearances. Three, three centered clearances. There, there we go. Yeah. So I was, I was pretty much on the money. Uh, I, I was counting on my computer to actually uh, read the stats for me, but I haven't got anything up here. I, I think the interesting but, thing um, for mine. No, I, I think. I'll go, Doc. Yeah, I, I, I think it's good to see Grunny get back to some of his form because I think he's had a lot of crit, critics criticize his work rate around the mm. ground. And I think no, uh, probably not even that. It's just probably um, the the rival rucks are starting to really work him out and figure out w- where he goes and sort of learn to mm. man up and body up on him. Yep. Yeah, well, it's interesting. We're seeing uh, the past few weeks and this week especially. Uh, in the Lions and Tigers game as well, we're seeing teams start to adapt, uh, adopt strategies to nullify specific players. Mm. We saw the Lions do that with their their sort of new tackle, uh, specifically for Dusty to stop the don't argue. And we're seeing it as well for guys specifically, I guess, watching Grundy when he's tapping the ball to ground and watching him where he's going around the ground and sort of nullifying his influence in that way. Um, and I mean, that's always going to happen when you are a big star player because everybody's got all their eyes on you at all times. Um, but for me as well with the Pies, the, you can't look past the back line and how yes. much they basically carry this team. Ruffhead and Moore both had 15 marks, so 30 marks total between those two players. Uh, they, they are incredibly reliant still on their Miller because they still don't quite have that offensive power no. that they need. I thought Ruffhead dominated Dixon Cat for most of the game, if not all of it. I thought Dixon was relatively useless um, besides his smother um, that caused the goal. I think it was interesting. The mark numbers here, so these four guys, um, Moore and Ruffhead, as you mentioned, 15 apiece, Main 13 and Poulter 12, Callum's all in the back Poulter line. as well, just quietly. Poulter was very good. I was going to say, Caleb Poulter was just somebody who I thought was absolutely outstanding. Beautiful for, goal as well. Across uh, across yeah. all four quarters. But I think um, it was clear style that the Pies were playing a bit defensive. Um, the kick at the end from John Noble um, that he claimed he had cramped on, which I don't buy, uh, was <laughs> a bit shit-ass. But <laughs> look, I thought Quaino was really good. 26 touches, very strong. I thought um, yeah, Poulter, as we said, 22. Hoskin Elliott's finding a bit more form, boys, which is good. 21 touches. Playing wing, which has been interesting. Mm, I like um, it. I, I, I like it, yeah. I, I like it. I think Will Hoskin Elliott's a player that's always had pace and sort of they, they've used it to sort of be that sort of goal-scoring option, but it hasn't really worked this year. So, yeah, put him up on a wing. See how put him on. The, the tall wing is in vogue. You might as well get him in there. And it helps as well, I think, with one-on-one. One on one matchups too against other taller yeah. wingers that you might need to be marking up against. Wilson, Tom Wilson was good. 17 touches at 88% was really effective, I thought. And yeah, don't, suppose... don't mind the man with basketball background. Yeah. <laughs> Wilson. Um, yeah, I thought he was all right. And Taylor Adams, before we get to Port Boys, I, I talked, I told you boys, I said his influence to the structure, to the overall, overall midfield, it cannot be understated. Taylor Adams is the Pies' most important player and the next captain. It's just simple as that. He's an absolute star. I agree. He, he, he's, he's just a player that just leads by example. And again, his is, is contested work, absolutely brilliant. And I think it's sort of, not, not many people talk about it, but I think it was it was sorely missed at the yeah. start of this year. Well, he hasn't played for seven weeks, Doc. And he just casually had 29 touches, eight clearances, and he'd only 71, 71% of game time. 16, 16 contested possessions yeah. as well. 
very that's fucking lazy. Very good. For the for, <laughs> for the power boys though, uh, Robbie Gray obviously the one <laughs> kicked the sealer at the end of the game. Uh, he's just a clutch player still. He does not miss. I think much like we we're talking about Taylor Walker before, when he's got to take these kicks at the end of the game, he just simply does not miss. Three goals straight, had eighteen touches as well, six marks. He just adds, he's still that dynamic player in the forward line. And I think Miller, even if he does play full-time forward from here on out and less midfield time, I don't think Port would be too upset about that. No, I, I think it's a great call. I think he's pretty dangerous up forward, especially on a day where the other smalls weren't hitting. Motlop didn't do anything and um, Dixon was a bit irrelevant. So I thought he was good. I, I really liked the way uh, he went about it. And Quick, quickie, boys. Is Charlie Dixon overrated, yes or no? Yes. Easily. Oh, no uh, you know I love him, but based off this year, I'm gonna say yes. Okay, okay, good. I don't have to. I don't, have to <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have to belt one of you guys over the head next time I see. Speaking you. of players overrated, I want to talk about Darcy Byrne Jones, boys. Now, this had a bit of traction at the game as well. I did yell out that you're a con of an all shine and. A couple of fire supporters who probably didn't even know he was an all and got into it as well. And they were rattling that one off a bit later on. But the 18, <laughs> the 18 touches here, only 142 metres gained. Mm. Also went at 61%. So, and... Did he have a, did he have a direct one-on-one matchup? Uh, he was on Dugowie for the first quarter and then he just played loose for the rest. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. listen to this as well, Doc. Out of his um, touches, out of his 17 touches, 14 of those were uncontested, and he's still kicking it at 61%. So he's a con artist. He's an absolute con artist, and he should not be anywhere near the A18 this year. He's an absolute con artist. The other other one I'd just like to mention before we move on, boys, is Alir Alir, who's an absolute brick wall down in that back line, having awesome form support. Seven marks again for him in this game, which is just uh, continuing on his enormous I was going to ask you, Kat, quickly as well, but what about Trent McKenzie? You know, a guy who he's had mm. tough opportunities this year due to Curly Fry's being really good. Obviously, he's injured, Tom. But where do we view, you know, McKenzie in this 22? Is he, is he in the best team? I think he's probably still... It's weird to say he's a depth player at 29 years old. He probably should be in the main side, or otherwise his career starts to look a bit in jeopardy. But I think he provides good backup in the back line as that third tall or can chop out as a key if he needs to. Um, you know, I think he goes all right, Trent. Um, and he had a good game in this one, 16 touches, six marks. So not, not the worst return from him. And I think as long as he continues to be a solid depth player, I think that's all they really need from him. Also, it was interesting, boys, that Tyler Brown was actually tagging Carl Amon, which was... Very interesting. Don't well, see all right. He only had 15 touches. He, correct. And only yeah. 170 metres gain, yeah. more importantly. So interesting. Good. You never really see that, Doc. Yeah, well, it's good to see uh, Carl Amon actually get some respect in terms of um, yeah. def- defensive attention because when, when when he's off the leash, Carl Amon, I think, is a very lethal player. And, and, we've, and we've touched on it quite a fair bit, Miller, you and I especially. Yeah. And, and Kat. I think Kat might have even had him as man of the week once, once or twice. <laughs> yes. But he, yes, but, but he, he's very good. He's very good with his kicking. He always finds a target and sort of it showed now once, if he gets a bit of defensive attention, he's not going to get that much opportunity. No. Mm. Very good call. Absolutely. Let's move to our, who's the man, Kat? They just quickly run through the other results of the oh, round. Yes. The Lions getting over the Tigers on Friday night. The Blues yeah, getting boom. over the Hawks and the Cats getting over the Suns in two games that I don't think anyone watched on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. 
<laughs> the dogs absolutely thumping St. Kilner on Saturday night. Doc was very happy about that one. The Giants getting over the Eagles. That was another really good, entertaining match. And the Bombers thrashing North Melbourne. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Fantastic four quarters from the Dons there. Who's the man, boys? Let's All run right. through them quickly. Settle uh, down, Kat. You only beat North. <laughs> <laughs> Two wins in a row, mate. We'll take all we can get. <laughs> Doc, who is your man this week? I, well, un, un, unsurprisingly, I am going over to Saturday night to Marvel Stadium and celebrate a man who's just signed four years to be the captain of the club. Yes. Hopefully, hopefully for four premierships. Marcus Bonapelli. <laughs> four oh. flags in a row, he says. Talking Mark- about Cat getting ahead of himself after two oh, wins. He's just on a deal. He hasn't actually done anything this yet, mate. Settle that. <laughs> but Mar- Marcus, uh, but no, all seriousness, uh, Marcus Bonapelli, 26 as well. Oh. Four, four goals, three, six tackles, five marks, six. Sorry, nearly 800 metres gained. Uh, so he's, he's, clo- he's another one who's closing in. Ten score involvements, oh. eight inside 50s. He, he, was, he was on fire. On, on Saturday night, uh, quite a few of them were. Uh, big big shock because they were playing witches hats. But <laughs> it, 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 this is Marcus Bonampelli's week. Yep. Big game, four year extension. He's on top of the world. So am I. It's <laughs> so, it, it's a uh, it's it's a perfect match. Great call, Doc Miller. Who's your man this week? I'm going to go to the Essendon North game. There's a couple I could have gone. Could have obviously Ooh. gone Parish Cat, who was outstanding. I was tempted to go to Peter Wright, actually, as well, because I had a good chat with my barber, who's an Essendon man, and he, he loves to meet a Peter. So I was tempted to go him after a game. But I'm going to go a guy who I love personally, and I've loved this season, particularly the last couple of weeks, Cat, since we gave him a bit of a spray to pick it up. Andy McGrath, very, Ooh, yes. very good this Pidge. week. 31, t- 31 touches, five clearances as well. He also had three inside 50s, 10 score involvements and three intercepts at 100% efficiency cap. How good is that? Well, you know, 100%. Like said, I've given him a bake a few times for his disposal and rushing kicks and things like that. But to see him just sort of slow it down and think think a bit more clearly throughout this game was really, really good. And I hope it carries 100%. Forward. He said, piss off, boys. Stop giving me a spray. And I love Andy McGrath. Um, get, get off me back, boys. And look, uh, he's had a great season, really building nicely as well the last couple of weeks. So well done to him. So that's my man. Fantastic call, mate. And I will close out who's the man this week. My man, a guy I had to give plenty of credit to. I talked about, mentioned briefly before the Tigers, uh, or the Lions adopting the strategy against the Tigers, getting that special sort of tackle motion against Dusty where they, they chop the arm off with the arms over the head. <laughs> and Jared Lyons is doing that plenty against uh... Dusty on Friday night. He was fantastic. Been one of the most underrated midfielders of the year. For me. 26 touches. <laughs> 26 touches, four marks, six tackles, kicked a nice goal as well. Eight clearances, six inside 57 score involvements. He's all Australian, isn't he, Cat? Oh, he'd have to be. He'd have to be. He's, he's uh, a lot. He's a he's lot for more. Putting together one of the really, really underrated years. Elite yep. across multiple statistical categories. Elite for contested possessions, effective kicks, ground ball gets, stoppage clearances, all the important things for an inside midfielder. Uh, he's just been fantastic uh, all year long. And I think he's, like I said, one of the most underrated midfielders in the comp and definitely deserves more raps than he gets from he, week to week. He's in the squad of 40 for mine, but he's not in the team. Not he's yet. Locked, he's in the team. He's running the team. So Put let's, him on the bench. Put him on the bench at least. We'll give our tips from last week, boys. I got seven. Um, what did you I believe I also got seven. So got seven. Puts, puts I got 
I got six, so you know, the oh, gap's sort of. Alex uh, not good enough from you. Doc nah. falling one more behind. <laughs> but we'll get his tips for this week and we'll get them right now. Friday night. What oh, a thriller this is. Here we the go. The dogs taking on Melbourne at Marvel. Alex Doherty will be frothing at the mouth for this matchup. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, good, good luck, good luck uh, trying to get me anywhere else other than the front of my TV. Um, <laughs> Who are you going, mate? Obviously the dogs. Uh, no, nah, I'll go Melbourne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'll, I'll back the boys. I'll back the boys. You know, I reckon. I expect Melbourne to come come at us They'll and lift. come at us They'll really hard. They will lift. Um, trying to figure out how to stop May and Lee will be the biggest uh, biggest concern for mine. Mm. Um, but I, but I think I think Aaron Norton as well, player who's just quietly getting himself into really career best form here. Five goals, four on the weekend. The only player now to still uh, kick multiple goals after ten after ten rounds in each game. Yeah, Kat, who are you going to rock with, mate, for this one? <sighs> I don't know. Jeez, I think I'm going to go the doggies as well. I'm back yeah, I'll, I'll go the doggies. Too good, too good a form. Um, we've got so, Collingwood <laughs> Saturday I think this game is going to be pretty cut and dry Collingwood and Geelong MCG. Geelong Geelong Pies Oh you're not Surely not I am I'm backing Collingwood here Oh No oh, you are don't, be, don't be stupid Geelong <laughs> so, yeah, you, got, you nearly, nearly got me there If the Cowboy yeah, was playing I'd give I'd give them a real chance but no Cowboy no no pistol whipping No Cowboy no, no Collingwood he says <laughs> Next game. The other Saturday other game at the uh, the Fortress it is the Gabba. The Lions taking on the Giants. I think this will be a very, very good clash, boys. Uh, Giants, Giants are flying. They're on top of the world at the moment. They've broken the top eight. I mm. am going to go to the Lions, though, but I think it will be a very, very, very close game. Yeah. I'm going to go Brisbane under two goals. I'm actually half tempted to pick the Giants after oh. after, this, after last week. You know you want to. Oh. No. <laughs> Nah, Gavs are fortress. I'll, I'll, I'll back the Lions in. They're in good form. Saturday Twilight, the Saints and North. Will anyone be watching this game? Other <laughs> I was going to say, other speaking of good form, on. these two teams are well and truly <laughs> not in any of them. I'm going to go Saints, but no I think confidence. I'm going to tip North Melbourne in this one. Oh, he's, <laughs> no, he's not. I'm tipping hey. the roof. Right. He is absolutely not going. Oh no, I'm going to I'm going to pick Saints. You just actually, waste. I'll wait for the teams, but yeah, I'll go Saints from there. <laughs> I feel like cats. I feel like cats. Cats in a bit of an advantage here, and he's just giving away a cheeky tip. I've tipped the how's this? I've tipped the roost three times in the past four weeks now, because I tipped them against Collingwood as well. <laughs> the only game I didn't tip them was against us. <laughs> so some, <laughs> Saturday. Uh, Oh, evening game. Uh, this Suns. is the Saturday night game on the telly, by the way. Channel Seven. This is dog shit. This is this is in Darwin, though. Good bit of good. I don't mind this. You're Suns. kidding. You're actually joking. If that's if this is going to be the Saturday night game on Channel Seven. Oh, Suns and the Hawks. Uh, I think I might back the Suns in for this one. I think I'll back me falling asleep, but I'll go the Suns in the tip. Um, I think I'll be backing me to watch a movie on Saturday night. <laughs> oh, bit of pop, bit of pop fiction, I reckon. Uh, Pulp Fiction. I was actually thinking Shrek. Yeah, Shrek. <laughs> bit of Shrek. Well, well, bit of... Uh, Mitch Lewis is on the other team, so you've got a bit of what are you doing in my swamp at TIO Stadium. <laughs> West Coast taking on Essendon Optus. Cat, you'll be watching this one with great intent. What are your th- thoughts on this one, though? I absolutely will. We do seem to struggle when we go over to WA, but I like to think that 
two wins straight now. Oh. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not tipping them. I think I mean, they will. They'll be up and about, but the Eagles will still get the win. I don't know. No, nah, wet toast Eagles. at the moment. I'm, I'm picking the Dons, mate. Whoa. I'm, you Miller, I'm, you I'm, I'm going to go the Dons. I think the I think the Eagles are starting to really fall apart here at the moment. Oh. I'm going to go. I'm going to go West Coast, but yeah, interesting. All right, Sunday. It's my Miller. my che- it's my cheeky tip. <laughs> Sunday Miller's Tigers taking on the Crom. One ten at the MCG. Grand final uh, revenge game. <laughs> I think it's only taking them four years. <laughs> I'll back the Tigs in here for this. Yeah, one. Tigers for more. Oh, they, they they can't drop this one, can they? We can't afford to. We want to, if we want to somehow no. still make the top four, which we can't. We need to get a win here. I uh, can. It can also can Dimmer stop whinging. Uh, last week it was about the free kick count. Uh, the week before is about Marvel. What's he going to well, complain about? Th- what's he going to complain about this week? The fact that Rory Laird's getting twenty con- contested possessions against Trent Cochin. We probably many weeks uh, couldn't coach because May Nix's bull head was reflecting into our box. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney and Carlton on the Sunday Arvo uh, up at the SCG. I'm going to back the Swarm in here. I yeah, Swarm Industries for mine easily. I think Carlton going to get a whooping as well this week. I think the Swan were very. Uh, I think they'll be very disappointed that they couldn't put Frio away last uh, last week. Um, but yeah, I think they'll get it done. The last game, the Sunday Twilight Port. Oh, this is Frio. a tough one. Port looking very flat. The Dockers obviously getting that win over the Swans barely. Um, this Port. is a real tough one. This will be a tough. This is a tough one to pick. This is a tough one. Port have looked flat to me for the past few weeks. Yeah. Boys. Since about the game against the Lions. They've only just sort of been getting them done. Uh, I, ooh. It's a hard task to travel over to South Australia and get the win. I mean, always. always. Yeah, always. But I, I don't know. Do the, Dockers, the Dockers are riding high, boys. I think I might tip the Dockers. Ooh. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to be safe and be Port. I think Frio and five kicks a bag. About time he kicks a bag. All right. Well, those are our tips for the weekend, gentlemen. Um, Jeez, a bit, of, a bit of juice in those tips. I think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who changes and who stays as we get close to the actual games. Can I just quickly say before we go, uh, I said on the air that I think the Crom were going to beat the Ds and I stupidly fucking went against it. I think that might be the third time I've actually done it in about five, oh, we- in about oh, five oh. weeks. <laughs> Well, mate, stick with your gut this time because it might actually, it might actually, <laughs> it might actually treat you right this time. But I think we're we're slowly, slowly running out of time here, gentlemen. So I think that's going to have to be all from us on A three this week. Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us on all our socials. M- Miller's going off. We're loving the love as well as we say every week. We're loving the love, loving the support, yes. and hopefully we'll be back. Fingers crossed in the studio next week. You Fingers be, crossed. You better come back negative, Miller. Otherwise, I will not be happy. Oh, uh, well, I will be. Well, well it's crossed. not going to be his fault. Not his fault. Some dickhead brought COVID into the state. Yeah, uh, just... I, I, I never, I never said I was going to be unhappy at him. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying I was going to be unhappy. Well, I'm sure everything will work out fine, but we will be waiting to see what happens in Victoria over the coming days. Obviously, everyone stay safe out there. Look yes, after stay safe everywhere across Australia, of course. In case anything happens in South Australia, too, make sure you stay safe. Um, Don't be a dickhead. <laughs> Thanks, with Dave. with all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Make sure you listen to, of course, our AFLW Trade Period episode two. We talked about some of the rumours and speculation going around there, so make sure you have a listen to that as well. 
Thank you for listening and join us next week. Go Crom.